you've got your Bible, would you open it with me? I want to share a word with you. You might be the only service that gets the message today, so I want to share a thought with you out of 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, and let me just say where I've been in my heart all week. We are celebrating new life, and that gives me new life. Can I just tell you, as a pastor, this is an energizing time for me. I got an email from another pastor uh, locally that wanted to get together. He said, now that Easter's over and we don't have anything going on, do you guys want to get together? I'm thinking, what are you talking about, man? Nothing going on. <laughs> I'm, I'm busier now than we were before Easter. But you know what? Let me just say, that's not a complaint. That's a celebration. God is doing new things. He's bringing new life, and that gives me new life. That gives me new life. That fires me up like nothing else. And I was reading out of the New Living Translation, and I came across 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 8, and I thought, that, I can resonate with that verse. I want you to see it on the screen in the New Living Translation. Paul the Apostle says this, it gives us new life to know that you are standing firm in the Lord. Isn't that a great verse on New Life Sunday? It gives us new life to know that you are standing firm in the Lord. The new life that Paul felt surging through him inspired him to do something. It inspired him to pray for the church all the more. And so I just want to show you in the next few verses in 1 Thessalonians 3, Paul's inspiration because of the new life that he received in seeing the body of Christ thrive. Verse 9, he says this, how can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy that we have in the presence of our God because of you? Can I just say that seeing God do something new in the church ought to inspire joy? It, it ought to make you excited when you see people step into the waters of baptism, when you see families taking a step of obedience to the Lord, when you see people being set in the, in the family of God. It ought to inspire joy. Paul says, how can I, how can I thank God enough? Like, how can I possibly sing loud enough? How can I show enough gratitude for what God has done? I won't take time to take you there, but in Acts 17, we get the backstory of this church. Paul and Silas had gone to Thessalonica, and for three weeks, they preached the gospel, and many people got saved. Crowds of people got saved, but then the Jews that lived in that area got jealous of this new, uh, this new way of salvation through Jesus Christ alone, by grace through faith and not of works. And they actually started a riot in the city. They caused a riot in the city, and the, the new believers hid Paul and Silas. They hid them. And the, the Jews were looking for him. They couldn't find him. They actually went to a guy named Jason. I think he was a life group leader. They went to Jason's house, <laughs> and they turned his house upside down. They couldn't find Paul and Silas hiding there. So the Bible says in Acts 17, they drug Jason and the others in his life group out, and they put them on trial, and they threw them in prison. Sign-ups at the info center for life group leaders. <laughs> Guilty by association. They arrested them. They had to post bail to get out of jail. But that night, sure enough, Paul and Silas, they come out of the woodwork, and they sneak them to another town. They go to Berea. They preach the gospel there. More people get saved. It's exciting, except the people in Thessalonica found out about it, and the mob came to Berea. And they persecuted him again, so Paul had to flee to the coast to get away. So now Paul, is he's far away from danger. He has no idea how the church is doing. I mean, he preached for three weeks, people got saved, and he literally ran for his life. So he sends Timothy back to Thessalonica. Like, find out how they're doing. 
find out if anybody's still serving Jesus. And Timothy goes, and he talks to the church. He comes back. He tells Paul, Paul, listen, the church is not just surviving. The church is thriving. And that's why Paul says, when I heard about your faith in the Lord, it gave me new life. I'm so excited to know that you're not just surviving, but you're actually thriving in your faith. The testimony that gave Paul new life inspired him to pray harder for the church than ever before. And can I just say that's one of my desires from this Sunday, that we would come out of today and as a church, we would pray harder for the move of God in our, in our midst than ever before. Look at the next verse. Paul said in verse 10, night and day, we prayed more earnestly, more earnestly. That ought to be the result of New Life Sunday, that the church gets more intense in our prayer, that more people show up on Wednesday night to pray and to believe. Why? Because we know that prayer works. Because 22 weeks from now, we're going to do this again. And who needs to be in the water on October 2nd? Who needs to be standing up here as a family that's now serving the Lord and following God's plan for their children, dedicating them to the Lord? Who do you know that needs to get in covenant relationship with the body of Christ? And and can you imagine them right now, 22 weeks from now, saying they're going to be saved, they're going to get baptized, they're going to be committed to the house of God? Paul said, in light of learning that you've been committed to Christ, that your faith is growing, I have new life, and that new life Encourages me to pray all the more. And then Paul prays four prayers, and I want to pray them for you today. I want to pray them for all of us. In fact, today's May 1st, and so I want to give you the four Mays to pray that Paul gives us here in the text. The first one is at the end of verse 10. It says, night and day we prayed more earnestly. Here's the first May to pray. He says that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. In other words, Paul is celebrating what God is doing in their life, but in the same tone, he's, he's recognizing that you're not, you're not everything you're going to be. Like, thank God for what he's doing in your life. That gives me new life. But I also am praying that I may supply to you what is lacking in your faith. That's not a diss. That's just a, an acknowledgement of the fact that, that, thank God we're not who we used to be, but how many of you know we're not everything we're going to be? God has a plan for our life, and it's that we would be a perfect reflection of the image of Jesus. You can speak for yourself, but I'll just tell you I'm not there yet. Our mission as a church is to lead people from where they are to where God wants them to be. That's the heart of this prayer that that, that Paul is praying. God, I'm praying that God would help me. May he help me to to supply what is lacking in your faith, and may he help you to supply what is lacking in each other's faith as we dive in together, as we worship together, as we study the word together in the church and in life groups, and and as we have conversations throughout the week. May God supply us the opportunity to put what is lacking in one another's faith. To get where God wants us to go, we have to get together. That's the point. So Paul says, I'm so excited about what God's done in your life, but God, would you, would you make a way for me to come? Look at the next May. Verse 11, he says, Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus clear the way for us to come to you. Paul understood something. For us to fulfill our God-given assignment, God has to clear the way. God has to be the one to make it possible. Listen, there, there's a lot of things that, we're, that we want to do, a, a lot of ambitions that we have, but ultimately we know if we're going to fulfill our God-given pur- purpose, 
God has to clear the way. He has to be the one to make it possible. In light of all that God's doing right now in the church, we ought to pray this way. May God clear the way. We've been praying that throughout this year uh, as a church pertaining to the future of our church. God, you, you gotta open doors that no man can shut. You gotta close the doors that no man can open. Ultimately, this is the heart of our church. God, we want your will to be done, but we need you to clear the way. Let me give you the third prayer that he prays. Verse 12 says, may the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. This is a powerful prayer, but I want you to notice in this prayer that, that he, he distinguishes two different groups of people. He doesn't just say, may the Lord make your love increase and overflow. He says, let your love increase and overflow for each other and for other people, for everyone else. You know, some people like to say, well, we're all God's children. But can I tell you, biblically, that's, that's not actually true. I mean, we're all created by God, certainly. But there are a people that God calls his people. And then there is the lost and dying world that he sent his son to save. But the Bible separates our affections between the way we treat the church and the way we see the world. It separates our affections. The Bible says in Galatians 6 and verse 10, Therefore, as we have the opportunity, let us do good to all people. So we certainly should treat people well. But then he says, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Like there's this special emphasis on the way that we treat the church. It's important. That's why church membership matters, that we come into a covenant relationship with people. There's a lot of people that, that, that God commands me to love, and, and for that reason alone, I will do it from a distance. But I don't have that luxury in the church. He calls me into covenant relationship. He calls me into a community. He calls me into close proximity. And, and sometimes we may rub each other the wrong way and there may be friction in the relationship, but hey, the Bible says iron sharpens iron. That's how that works, friction. And as iron sharpens iron, so does one man sharpen a friend. And so we're called to a higher accountability of love in the household of faith. That's why Jesus said in John 13, 34 and 35, a new commandment I give you. Love one another. We looked at this last week. He said, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. And by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So let me just say again, this 830 service, if, if you're seeing what God is doing today, it ought, to, it ought to give you new life. And that life should inspire you to pray for the church. Lord, Make our love increase and overflow. What a great prayer to pray today. Lord, make our love for one another increase and overflow. As the worship team comes, let me tell you the fourth prayer. He says in verse 13, may he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all of his Holy ones. This is a powerful prayer. Now, you might think when you read this prayer, if, if the desire is that we become blameless and holy, you might think that Paul would say, Lord, strengthen our hands, strengthen our minds. But he says, strengthen our hearts. And the reason is because Paul understands that, that transformation is an inside job, that holiness 
It's an inside job. We don't become holy by subtraction. We don't become more like God just because we do less worldly things. We become more like God by pursuing his heart and having ours renewed. And so Paul says, I want you to live a life blameless. I want you to live a life that's holy as you long for the appearing of the coming of the Lord. How are we going to do that? We pray a prayer like this. Lord, strengthen our hearts. Strengthen our hearts. I'm so excited about what God is doing at Wrightsville Assembly of God. I'm so excited about what's happening. This, this verse that I read this week that just jumped off the page when Paul said, it gives me new life to know that you're standing firm in the Lord. It gives me new life today. And that new life, the way it inspired Paul, I pray it inspires us that we would begin to pray more earnestly. Saying, God, do it again. Do it again. Keep saving, keep healing, keep delivering, keep making a way where there doesn't seem to be a way. Would you stand with me? We're going to close by praying these prayers. And, and we just want to, we want to take this moment to just pursue the heart of God. I know we do this a lot on Wednesday nights, but I'm going to invite you this morning, if you're comfortable coming, would you join me in this altar? Could we just, just move towards the presence of the Lord as we pray these prayers together? That we would pray more earnestly that God would bring us together to grow in our faith. As Paul prayed, that we can supply what is lacking in each other's life. Let's pray to that end. Father, I thank you that there is a multitude of gifts represented in this room, all over this room. There are talents, there are gifts, there's abilities. There are things that we excel at. And likewise, we understand there are imperfections in our life. There are areas of weakness. But Lord, you set each part of the body in place. Lord, you strategically place us so the light can shine the brightest, so our imperfections can be hidden, so that, God, you would be glorified in the radiance of the church that shines, Philippians 3 says, as stars in the universe, as we hold out the hope of glory. God, I thank you today that you are allowing us in this room and in conversations and, and in life groups and in, in kids' ministry and in the nursery, Lord, you're allowing us the privilege of supplying what is lacking in each other's life. Now today, let's pray that God would clear the way, not only for our church, but in our lives. Maybe you've got something in your life right now. You need God to make a way. Father, would you clear the way today? Whatever obstacles have been in the way of our future, God, clear the way. Whatever physical uh, hindrances or maladies have been in the way of our health, Lord, would you clear the way today? Lord, would you make a way? Jesus, you declared, I am the way. No one comes to the Father. So, Lord, as we pray, clear the way. Lord, we're praying, Jesus, be exalted. Jesus, be magnified in the church. You are the way. You're the truth. You're the life. Jesus, would you make a way today for the person that's facing an impossible situation, an impossible relationship, an impossible diagnosis, God, an impossible financial mountain that has to move. Clear the way today in Jesus' name. Now let's pray, Lord, may your increased love of love overflow. God, today we thank you for this church. Lord, we thank you that, Lord, you're doing a great work. Lord, would you cause 
our love to increase and overflow, our love for one another first and foremost. God, that the world would see our unity and they would know that the Father sent the Son. John 17, 21 declares that you and I be unified for the glory of God and the revelation of Jesus Christ as the Savior of the world. So Lord, we pray today, would you cause our love to burst in this place? Our commitment to the church, to the people of God, not to the building, but to the people that you saved by sending your son Jesus. Let our love burst today. Let it overflow. Lord, may we not dive into the the, the cesspool of cultural cynicism that wants to backstab and and accuse and backbite. And and, and God, we want to love burst in this house. We want to see the best in others. We want to consider others better than ourselves. We want to love the bride of Christ because you died to save her. Lord, let our love increase and overflow in the church and God in the world. God, help us to not grow inward and just be self-focused, but God, help us to love this world that you care so much about. And finally, Lord, today we pray, strengthen our hearts strengthen our hearts to be blameless and holy God we cannot be more holy by joining a church we cannot be more holy by getting baptized we can't be more holy by by dedicating our families to the Lord we have to come with hearts dedicated to you so God would you strengthen our hearts today would you strengthen our resolve to be led by the Spirit of the Lord to have our steps ordered by your Holy Spirit. God, purify your bride today. Purify your church. Make us blameless. Make us holy in your sight. God, would you do a deep, deep work in us that would be tangible, that people would see it, that they would recognize there's something different about them. They walk differently. They talk differently. God, let your Holy Spirit sanctify your church today. Strengthen our hearts. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Come on, can we give God some praise?